Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. So Vic, do you think you might have ADHD? Well, listeners keep emailing me telling me that they think I do, so probably. Mind you, listeners also email us saying we talk too much about your mum's feet. So what do they know? Yeah, fair enough. I honestly had no idea about the connection between overdrinking and ADHD until we started this podcast. About 40% of people that have had any sort of drinking issues also apparently have ADHD. Whenever we chat to ex-drinkers, this comes up more than you'd believe. If you have ADHD or suspect you might or just want to learn about this link, then we would encourage you to check out the I Have ADHD podcast. It's the place where adults with ADHD find research-based information, validation and tons of support. This is the best way to feel less alone and hear some of the answers to the questions you've been sitting with for too long. You'll hear detailed descriptions of what it means to have ADHD and enjoy interviews with the foremost experts in the industry so that you don't have to read those ADHD books that are collecting dust on your shelf. Yeah. Listen to the I Have ADHD podcast and learn how ADHD affects every aspect of your life. From the boardroom to the bedroom. In the podcast, you'll also hear about their ADHD coaching program, which is called Focused. Focused is made up of three pillars, courses, coaching and community. It is designed to help you build your own self-improvement program and is perfect for the ADHD brain. And you can get $50 off the course just by using the code SOBER, S-O-B-E-R. So if you're tired of feeling stuck and don't know where to start, listen to the I Have ADHD podcast. The first person I told, obviously, that I was getting help was my husband. And that was great because he was just happy about it because he was the one that had to see me, you know, really hung over and <laughs> feeling anxiety. And he was just really, really supportive. And from that moment on, I actually didn't tell anybody for 18 months. I was very, very nervous about telling anybody that the fact that I'd given up drinking because I think the word sobriety can often, you know, it relates to the word alcoholic and admitting to having a problem means I was going to feel very, very judged. So actually I kept it a secret. I kept my therapy a secret from everybody apart from my husband until I was comfortable to to tell everybody. I think the other problem was as well for me why I was so scared of telling everybody was that I I just felt that I didn't want to let anybody down. I'd told people I was giving up drinking before and I'd tried and tried moderation and everything and failed. And this time I didn't want to fail and I didn't want to tell, make this big you know, announcement and then not do as well as I'd hoped. So actually I did tell people after 18 months and that was one of the hardest things I ever had to do in my sobriety. Um, Can I just interrupt yeah. and say 18 months is a really, really long time. Yeah. A year and a half of not telling anybody other yeah. than your husband is massive. It was massive. And also I did socialise during that period. And, and sometimes I sat with a beer, which I know sounds ridiculous, but I just wasn't ready. I sat and I held a beer. I didn't sip on it. I just held on to it because I just couldn't be bothered with the questions. For me, my sobriety journey was so personal. It was just about me, my husband and my children. And I just didn't feel confident to tell anybody about it. But I knew the time would come. And eventually 
I mean, I didn't know there was a community out there. I, I think the problem was actually, Lucy, thinking about it now, was that I didn't realise there were people like me. I thought that I was a, a little bit of a binge drinker that perhaps needed help to slow down. I didn't realise that I fitted somewhere on that alcohol spectrum at that point. So I didn't feel it necessary to tell anybody then. And I didn't want people to think that I was passed out in a gutter with a you know a newborn baby crawling over me. I just didn't want people to make the wrong assumptions of me. So, yeah, eventually it, it came to the point where people started to notice. I mean, I had a baby in that time, I think. Yes, yeah, like, so I was, was going to say, months. were you pregnant for yeah. some of that? Because that would have that would have helped. That uh, definitely helped and breastfeeding. <laughs> I mean, I had all the excuses at hand even when I didn't have children. I was like, you know, I'm driving, I'm on antibiotics. I had all those excuses at hand, but I never had to use them because I actually stayed home quite a lot. But when I did go out, I just I just held a beer and pretended that I was still drinking, which isn't the right thing to do. But it it worked for me at the time because I wasn't ready to tell anybody. But eventually, as as I grew more confident in my sobriety, I plucked up the courage to tell friends and family. And that isn't an easy thing to do. Mm. But the response that I got, rather than feeling judged, was just that everybody was pleased. Because, I mean, I think they're probably a bit fed up of me being wasted at every family social event in the last 25 years. So I think a lot of them were were quite relieved and everybody was very supportive. It was a massive shock to me that people loved me for me rather than for me being an, a pisshead. Yeah, I God, yes, yeah, so much. I agree totally with that. You think you don't think people are going to like you anymore? Well, no, exactly, and that is ridiculous because if people don't like you, well, that's their own issue, and you don't want mates like that anyway, do you? you don't want mates that, exactly. that are going to judge you. I know that people find it hard because you're not going to be the same person that you used to be. You're not going to be at the, you know, you're not going to be at the Seven Eleven buying crisps at two o'clock in the morning. You're not going to be that same person that they want to hang out with. So that is hard for people. But to be honest, they'll get over it. Yeah. And you're doing what's right for you. So you just have to go with it and you have to keep going out and, and keep keep seeing people and you have to tell people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look, I mean, for me, it was really quite different. And I think that's probably because of our own personal situation. So you're in a marriage with three young kids and I'm um, uh, I'm single with two teenage daughters, uh, one of whom I have full time and the other one I have week on, week off. So I spend a lot more time on my own. Um, so when it came to giving up, I needed to be accountable to people. Um, because I was my my drinking habit had become very much sitting at home on my own and drinking and it was so easy to fall back into that yeah and that's why I suppose you get away with it for a long time is because there's no one there to see what state you're in or to to judge you I guess totally yeah I mean it was you know you're just sitting there drinking and you're judging yourself for it but nobody else is there looking in and it's quite um it's quite a sinister way of drinking almost so when I came to giving up I was quite different to you Vic I I did announce it to the world and I was a lot more open about it and I I just felt that I had to be because I needed to say to people uh I'm giving up drinking and I didn't want to fail in anyone's eyes yeah and really (laughs) people were suspiciously supportive oh yeah (laughs) like you say smiling in your face and then (laughs) 
gibbering to their mate in a corner <laughs> like this is never ever gonna yeah. last yeah or yeah either saying that or saying to their mate oh it's about bloody time yeah. perhaps we can take <laughs> her out for dinner one yeah. night without her making a total tit of us all yeah because I suppose it gets to a point with drinking where sometimes you become a liability I mean I'd always did oh, I always, always had people looking after me throwing mm. me in taxis and holding my ponytail while I vomited in a toilet you can become you can ruin other people's nights out as yeah. well oh I yeah. was totally doing that and yeah I think that the fact that so many people are supportive yeah it almost makes relieved. me go red yeah. even thinking about it <laughs> yeah. just cringe with embarrassment the fact that even the heavy drink of friends that I have <laughs> are thinking god thank god yeah. she's stopped <laughs> uh, but the plus side of that is that they were all super supportive and again so surprised. Yeah. Like I, I would put it that I was amazed that people actually liked me sober. Yeah. And I still am amazed that people want to catch up with me when they know I'm not going to have a drink. I still can't get over the fact that people like me. I think that's one of the most interesting things you've come up with there, really, because the whole fear some for some people is that giving up drinking is going to make you not loved by your friends and family anymore or not they're going to think you're not fun anymore. But what we're both saying here is in, in both our, our experiences is that it's actually the opposite. Totally, Pe- yeah. People are really embrace your sobriety. And for me, I find people find it intriguing. They want to know, mm. oh, so you've given up drinking. And, and actually so many people are questioning their drinking that actually they they want to know what you did rather than to judge you, which is a love. it's a lovely surprise. It is. It's a, re- yeah. it's a really lovely surprise. And I have to say there's not one friend who hasn't been there um, and supported me through this, not one, um, which I'm just amazed at. I never would have believed it. And to say that is actually, of course, if someone isn't supportive of you, I mean, saying that you've got, a, you know, you're giving up drinking, you know, it means you had a drink problem, really. Exactly right. People yeah. don't just give up drinking because they just don't like it anymore. Generally, you're giving up for a reason. And I think people generally nowadays respect your reasons why rather than judging them, which is fantastic. And you are. And I agree with you, Vic, when you say that when you tell people that you're giving up drinking, you're also having to admit if you, people were to read in between the lines, which is really easy, that you've got a problem. Mm. And that is why it's so hard to do it, because you're saying to people, I've got a problem with alcohol and it's a bit embarrassing because a lot of people don't and it's like why couldn't I handle it what's wrong with me am I weak am I greedy what is it why have I got this problem I'm weak and greedy yeah (laughs) (laughs) I will admit that I'm weak where's the chocolate pass chocolate um no but that that is one of the things isn't it having to explain that you're not drinking means that you're saying I've got a problem and that's where that's what all the heaviness around it is and I would just like to mention before we move on my dad Mm. because my dad is one of my best friends in all the world. And although I've lived in Australia for 12 years, he's in the UK and I speak to him every 48 hours on Skype religiously. Um, and we talk for somewhere between half an hour to an hour each time. We get on really well and he's 86. Um, but yeah, he didn't realise how bad my drinking was. And I chose to tell him that I was giving up. And that was a really upsetting thing for him. He mm. was really distraught he just said I just didn't know I didn't know it was that bad but telling him 
was a huge part of me sticking to it. Yeah. And now he'll say to me, because he's in the UK where it's really miserable. They're all, yeah. well, they've just come out of lockdown. You know, he's, he can't really go out. He, he's feeling down. And he says to me, cheer me up, Lucy. Tell me how many days it's been. Oh, how lovely. <laughs> what a sweet man. Can I call him up? Of course. <laughs> of course you can. I think he would talk to anyone at the moment. Oh, yeah. Fair <laughs> enough. so bored. Um, <laughs> it's funny because I'm from a big drinking family. So that was why I was scared about telling him everybody as well because I you feel like you're letting people down in that situation Mm. it sounds ridiculous because you know it's alcohol and we all know that alcohol is bad for you but yet by giving it up for some reason you feel like you're letting people down and that's why it's hard yeah and it was hard for my family at first but you know they're very accepting of it now and and they see that I'm happier and that's really really the reason that people support you is because they see you're happier you're brighter your eyes are brighter and you just look more content Totally. So what, you can't argue with that. No. You can't argue with contentment. No. Although, as we find out later, people do. <laughs> yes, we're going to go on to yeah. that. So, you know, so I think we've given a really good feeling, put a really good feeling out there around telling people because we both had good experiences, even though we were expecting the worst. Yeah. Not to say everybody will have good experiences. I mean, it wasn't easy telling people at all. It was no. desperately hard. But the end result was that people were fine with it. The world didn't fall apart. You yeah. know, we were still left to live another day and a much healthier day. Hi there. I wanted to tell you about a podcast that I think every single one of you will benefit from. It's called Therapy Works and it's hosted by me, Julia Samuel. I'm a best-selling author and psychotherapist. I invite you into my therapy room where I speak to either a known or unknown guest. Topics range from the difficulties of divorce, a life-changing illness, to the struggles of motherhood. Search Therapy Works now wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. So as you probably know, my comedy memoir, A Thousand Wasted Sundays, is officially out. All my magnificent fuck-uppery in one awkward hit. If you'd like to get your hands on a copy, it's now available from all good bookstores. We always say all good bookstores, don't we? Are there there bad bookstores? Probably ones with moody moody sellers. Oh, yeah, really depressed librarian folks. Yes, yes, yes. So there are probably some, but we're only storing it in the good ones. It's only made it into the goodies. (laughs) You can also get it from all good online retailers. The print version and ebook are out now, and the audio book will be available in March. I've been writing my memoir for five years. It will make you laugh, cry and cringe and hopefully inspire a few people to reconsider their relationship with booze. If you love the podcast, then I think you'll love the book, even if I do say so myself. Hamish has read it. What did you think? I feel like I know a little bit too much about you now, to be honest, Vic. Look, I really loved it. It was hilarious and surprisingly moving, but I feel like I've seen you naked in a literary sense. Does that make sense? (laughs) Yeah, that's worrying. Yeah. Yeah. From an emotional point of view, seriously, it wobbled my teeny-weeny wooden heart, Vic. Okay. (laughs) My teeny little wooden heart. His his wooden heart is broken. Anyway, so if you do manage to get your filthy mitts on a copy, please do me a favour and head to goodreads.com and give me a review. Doing that will help me get it out there to those that need a bit of sober support. So there you have it. My story, unwanted warts and all. Come and get awkward with me. Not to be too demanding or anything, but seriously, go and buy it Yeah, now. go and buy it. Go and buy it right now. Yeah, don't just tell your friends. Buy it and then buy your friends one or two. Yeah, yeah, don't give them a copy. Yeah. Buy it, yeah. And you know what? Don't be careful where you store it. If you lose it, you can always buy another yeah, five. Yeah, buy another one. Yeah. <laughs> 